Well, I actually left Kirkadirk now in July 2020, so I'm kind of a long time, I feel like I'm a long time gone from there, actually. But yes, I started with them way back in the mid-90s. I had been living in the UK for a while, and when I came back, I was really keen to get involved in the arts and to make a career in arts admin. And I, at the time, I think I spoke to Kieran O'Connor, who recommended a number of different um, arts organisations in the city who were recruiting mainly through Community Employment Scheme. And so I started with Kirkadirk around 95, just at the time that they were making disco... Well, actually, it was Clockwork Orange, uh, the show they did in Sir Henry's, that was a massive, massive success. Um, and it kind of the show blew me away. I had never seen theatre like it. And I suppose I was hooked from then. Um, so I worked in various capacities with the company up until around 2003. Then it was when I took over the manager role. I was there from 2003 in that role until 2020. And what precipitated the change? Was it COVID related? I think it kind of was. Um, no, I, not entirely. I guess I had been thinking of leaving um, or thinking that maybe it was time that I looked elsewhere or basically just to experience a different work environment, I think. And but yes, I think definitely with COVID, we all reflected, I think, and assessed what our lives were about. Um, so I think it probably precipitated the leaving, really. I mean, especially for live theatre, they were really, really tough times, right? That wasn't it, actually. It no. was much more a personal kind okay. of reflection. Yeah. Um, because they were tough. Of course, it was a very tough time for the arts. But I mean, Kirkadirka very is a very resilient company. And I mean, there was no fear, really, that they wouldn't survive it. You know, and I think they have done uh, they have done that, really. And they continued to run things quite successfully. So it was much more a personal decision, really. And tell me about the move to the Cat Club. That's really exciting. Um, so in the interim, I had been working, doing a number of things. I did some freelance producing and I worked with uh, Once Off Productions, the uh, run by Maura O'Keefe and Sarah Cregan. And um, I was basically doing kind of backroom admin work for them and financial stuff because I wasn't sure whether I would actually stay in theatre production. I was overseeing a lot of the kind of finance for multiple productions that once off were looking after through the course of 2020. And I guess I just felt I really wanted to get back into theatre. Um, and so what I, I first the first thing I did was um, Philadelphia, Here I Come in the Opera House. That was a Pat Talbot production. And he asked me to line produce that. So that was pretty intensive work for like three or four month period. And I really, really enjoyed it. Can you tell me what line production involved? Well, like, I think people aren't even really sure what the terminology, <laughs> even people who work in theatre aren't really sure about the uh, terminology and differentiation. But I think in basic terms, maybe the line producer, they wouldn't be <clears throat> necessarily involved in the raising of the fundraising or the grant you know the grant but they would come in at a point after that when the money is there uh, but essentially then they would run the rest of it so the production budget the uh, personnel like they look after the casting all of the uh, operational elements I guess uh, right through the rehearsal period and the staging the run at the uh, the venue yeah but I guess all of that process I suppose 
confirmed that I did want to stay working in theatre or get back involved in a full-time capacity in theatre. And I heard about this job and I, it sounded really interesting. I had numerous conversations with people who have been involved with it over the years to see if the job would kind of align with where I thought the theatre should be going or what could be done or how it could be developed over you know the next three to five year period i was offered the job and started at the middle of december it seems uh, on paper like quite a huge shift to go from Kirkadurka, so huge very ambitious site specific yeah yeah productions yeah. you know very much kind of one off and then move on and now you're going to be you know you're you're yeah. You're going to be nailed to the floor a little bit. You're working within the confines of this building. Yeah. I presume they're going to be programming inside yeah. of this building. Yeah. yeah. And it's a it's a very different kettle of fish, isn't it? Mm, it is, but like it's similarly exciting, I think, in a way. Um, like I love the, obviously that big spectacle. That's amazing work. But there's something kind of magical about an intimate space as well. You know, some of the best theatre I've seen has been really small and intimate. You know, it has the potential to be very moving, I think, when you're so close to the uh, stage and, you know, you can actually see emotion and face and stuff rather than if you're in a very big auditorium. So I suppose the Kirkadirka stuff is very much about the visual and the spectacle, not that the, I mean, the text was always at the basis of that work as well. But no, and, and I suppose I had never had the experience of working in a venue and it was the challenge of doing something new and learning I guess because I won't say what age I am now but I've still got plenty of working years <laughs> left in me yeah. um, and it's good to be kind of learning new things I think yeah yeah you know? I've definitely been at performances in this room where there's been just this massive hush yeah. fallen and it does feel very very intimate you know yeah. that's a huge part of the power of live theatre anyway isn't it? It is it yeah. is um, I remember seeing Pat Kinavan here during one of the Cork Midsummer Festivals and it ju- I was just blown away really yeah. by the experience of it so I guess that's kind of ex- I, I, it seems like a big shift but in fact I suppose the biggest thing for me was deciding that I wanted to stay involved in theatre because for a time after I left Kirkadirka I wasn't sure I would um, so I suppose that's what I was rambling about was trying to explain how I kind of got drawn back into it, you know, the in the inter in the period between finishing Kirkadirka and starting here. You know, it was quite considered, I guess, in yeah. terms of where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. So what like, what happened? Did you just go, God, I actually do love this? Or yeah, yeah, I think it was that. It was you know when I started working with once off, and although I wasn't working, you see, on the productions, it was more admin. But like I was seeing the, all of it happening, like, you know, through finance and stuff like that. And I was yeah. saying, oh, oh, I'd like to be doing that again, you know, and um, working on Philadelphia, here I come. You know, the, the, that was so exciting as well, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, huge, huge production, huge cast and exciting because of the there had been such a gap for live theatre, you know, it was the first big production that had gone into the opera house in such a long time yeah. you know um, and it was the whole vibe of it I'm working with such fabulous people and I think I just and then I heard about this opportunity and I mean I, I did give it a lot of consideration because of what you're saying you know it's all of a sudden I'm going to a venue and it's, it's totally different to actually producing I guess but I just yeah I think the space has great potential 
And, you know, that little tagline that tagline they have, you know, little theatre with a big heart, I really think they live up to it. I'm excited really to see what we can develop over the next few years. For me, like, I think I'd be particularly interested in carving out a space for young, professional and emerging artists. Um, I mean, they do it to a certain extent, but I think it can be more developed. Like Kirkadirk have that show, which is a festival of work and development that happens in November, and there's some brilliant work at it. But I feel there's a lot of those artists have nowhere to go in Cork. I mean, they're not going to be bringing something to the Everyman or, you know, the Opera House. This is really well positioned, you know, such a small capacity and a very lean operation that it is the most, you know, realistic venue for the, for them to be bringing their work to. So I think I'd like to see a lot more of that coming in here. The Cat Club does have this really kind of admirable position of being a kind of a, a place where people can cut their teeth. Yeah. I remember interviewing Dolores when the Cat Club was in trouble, financial trouble during the COVID, COVID crisis. Yeah, and we were yeah. talking about the number of well-known actors who would have started here and got that early experience. Is that going to be kind of part of your, I mean, that might be slightly separate from from the kind of remit you're describing there, because it's also about community theatre, isn't it? And non-professional production. Yeah. And I think there's space for both. Um, but I just don't think there's been enough space given to the emerging, you know, professional artists um, are the graduates coming out of MTU or UCC, you know, who are trying to carve out a kind of a career in theatre. So I'd like to see it play a bigger role in that. Yeah. You know, we'll be doing the launch of the entire programme on Tuesday, which is a very diverse programme of 10 new works. Um, some of them are new, newly, new work, like as in they've just been written or others are just haven't been produced in Ireland before. So it is, it's really exciting. So 10 new works. I mean, I see a couple of familiar names on there, yeah, but is yeah. it, so that was kind of, that was done and dusted before, before you took it over was, your own. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, but it's a great programme, I think, um, for the diversity of it, I think. Um, and you know that the cre- creative empowerment banner i think was specifically looking for projects or productions that would push boundaries and make people think um and spark conversation i think and what dolores has programmed i think will uh, will be effective in that way do you think that audiences are ready to come back there's a lot of uncertainty around theatre especially in a small theatre like this when you had to have spaces in between you know cordoned off seats in between and stuff it became quite I mean yeah. financially difficult to put yeah, on productions and yeah, stuff like that absolutely. do you think that are you expecting good turnout for these I think so um like the the theatre has been up and running already you know has run productions already and they were like there was a young a theatre company, four-faced theatre company, and I think they're recent graduates of MTU, and they did a production of uh, DNA in here last weekend, and they had full houses. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Because it's presumably been very tough for performers as well, performing too, you know, a half-empty theatre. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell me where you would like the Cat Club to be in 10 years' time. I would like it to be a very vibrant, buzzy space in the city, catering for, as I said, the kind of emerging artists, but also, you know, bringing in really good quality productions nationally and internationally. Obviously, there's a financial challenge with that. Um, So 
I, you know, it's currently not funded, but I, I would, that's something yeah. that I will be on the case for really, because that will change the possibilities for the space. Yeah. Um, if we can access funding. I, I mean, one of the things that I've been discussing with the board as well is the possibility of the space as a gig venue, um, maybe on Sunday nights. And again, it's because of that intimate space you know, I think it will work really well for for music, you know, and that could be something that happens on Sunday that doesn't interfere with theatre production runs, which would typically run up to the Saturday. Um, and you're going to reopen the nightclub? <laughs> Why, I just I remember, remember when, it was, when the cat club was back, uh, you know, before this building was constructed and when it was I back know. there. I just used to love that whole thing of like knocking the door and going up. And there's always this kind of quite, kind of quite wild kind of atmosphere Wasn't to it. It, it was yeah, great. Crack. It was mad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and do you remember the ceiling of that old auditorium, that gorgeous wooden yeah, ceiling? Yeah, it was amazing. But yeah. I also remember that the ceiling was quite low, so it, it would was. get very sweaty when people started dancing and stuff. Like yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's some pretty crazy nights there. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it might be an interesting one to bring yeah. back, all right. <laughs> been listening to an arts and culture podcast for Tripe and Rasheen with me, Ellie O'Byrne. Tripe and Rasheen is your independent, reader-supported local news substack for Cork City and County. It's completely advertising-free. If you can, please support us by subscribing for just eight euros per month or eighty euros per year. All your subscription fees will go to supporting independent local journalism in Cork. If you can't subscribe, you can still sign up for free. And if you want to help us spread the word, use our social media. That's at Tidrasheen on Twitter or Tripe and Rasheen on Facebook or Instagram to share the articles that you like. Talk to you next time.